How you guys doing? It's a good day. It's a good day to be in God's house. I want to say hello right now to all of our campuses. Thanks for being tuned in with us as well as those watching online. Thanks for joining us today. I'm excited today about today's message. We've been in this series called Your Best Year. We started off talking about your best year spiritually. Then we talked last week about your best year relationally. And today I want to talk about your best year financially. I believe God wants you to have your best year financially. How does that sound? That'd be nice, wouldn't it? You're like, no, no. I like being broke. It's fine. It's good. I think God wants to transform your finances. I've seen him do it, and I think he can do that for you too. In fact, I know he can. I'm excited about today's message because let's be honest, you know, it's kind of a crazy season financially with inflation going on. It's, it's kind of out of control right now. And so, you know, I heard about the husband and wife. They were talking about sitting down, and, and, and the husband's like, honey, we need to get a budget. And so let's just start with the basics, food, clothing, and shelter. You can choose two, right? That's how it is right now, isn't it? It's so crazy. It's ridiculous. I just found out that 25 years ago, the average rent was 10 to 12% of someone's income. Today, it's 30%. I mean, it's crazy. Things have just gotten out of whack. And so how do you get ahead in, in today's world? We're going to unpack that today. I'm glad that you guys are here. I do want to say, by the way, today, this week is Next Steps. Uh, we, we have Next Steps dinners and lunches at all of our campuses. If you want to get involved in the church, you want your best year ever spiritually, get involved. It really will make a game-changing, uh, it'll make a massive impact in your life. Let me tell you, when you get involved, not only do you see God move in you and you get to impact other people's lives, but you build relationships with people here. And I'm telling you one thing about I love about our church is this is the most friendly and the best people in all of South Texas. You are in the right place. So if you want to build relationships... This is a place to do it, so please get involved. Take that Next Step class this week. Very, very excited about your campus pastor. We'll have more details on when that is for you. But today I want to give you four simple principles that will change your life financially. I know because these have changed my life financially. I've been doing these principles for 25 years. I know they work, and so my wife and I have applied these principles to our life, and so I'm not just speaking from what the Bible says, even though that stands alone, but I have practices and seeing the results in my life. And so what does God have to say about our finances? And what does God have to say about building wealth and creating a strong income and creating a sustainable life where you can take care of all the different needs that you have for your kids, for your grandkids, and so forth. So how do you do that? Let's look at God's word today. Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 20. Check out this verse. This has everything to do with finances, believe it or not. This has everything to do with all kinds of other areas of your life too. But let's apply this to our financial life for a moment. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. Glory to God in the church and in Jesus. Glory down all the generations. So God can do more than you could ever ask, think, or dream. The problem is we're not dreaming big enough. So I want to challenge you before we even start talking about money. I want to challenge you to write your dreams down. God put dreams in you, number one, to be fulfilled. So start dreaming on paper. I was talking to my wife this week about this. Like, hey, babe, what are your dreams? What do you want in life? And this is not a new question I've asked her. We've, we've been talking about this for many, many years, and we make new plans and new goals based upon this simple question. What is God calling us to do? How can we make a larger impact? What are we supposed to be doing as a family? What do we feel led to do? Where do we want to go? What do we want to own? What do we want to do, do with our lives? Those are the kind of questions you need to be asking. And listen, even if you say, well, I just want spiritual things. Well, spiritual things cost money too. 
You say, I want to make a big impact. Well, one of the ways you make a big impact is, is by giving more, by making a bigger difference. You may say, I want my kids to be educated, right? Well, that costs money. And so whatever it is that you're wanting, I bet there's a price tag attached to it. So begin to dream on paper what it is that you want in life. And so God puts dreams in you, and so it's time to start dreaming bigger and going for those dreams. God does not, listen, if you just go along to get along, you're going to have an average life. An average life normally is broke. That's what that means. You'll have a job, J-O-B, that stands for just over broke. And so, but if you want to go beyond that, you've got to have bigger dreams than that. And so start, listen, more always starts with a bigger dream. So you want to write those things down. What are you trying to accomplish with your life? What do you want to see happen in the, in the next few years? And begin working towards those goals. Then I want to give you this simple principle. This principle has changed my life. It really has. It works. It's, it's actually very simple, but don't confuse simple with easy. And so, but this really will change your life. Begin, number one, was to, to dream bigger. Number two, begin with this financial formula that leads to blessing and wealth. And here it is, 10, 10, 80. This is a simple formula that I've been doing for 25 years. We've been married for 30. I've not been able to do it all 30 years. The first five years of our marriage, we were in school. I was in school. And so, I mean, we were broke. I was just going to get, get my seminary degree. So, all extra resources after the tide went just to paying for school. I had to make monthly payments to be able to, to get through school. I put, put myself through. But, and my wife, she actually put me through because she was working full time. And so she has her PhD, put hubby through. And so <laughs> she helped me get my education. I'm very thankful for that, you know. But I, I just want to encourage you that, you know, you can do what I'm going to say next. You can give 10% to God, save 10%, then live on 80%. Now, before you pass out and think there's no way I can adjust my, my, my living like that, I bet you can. If you shoot for this, you can do it. I promise you it's very doable. We've been doing it again for about 25 years. And so Malachi chapter 3 says this, You are cursed with the curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe, tithe literally means 10%, bring the full 10% into my storehouse there uh, that, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Wouldn't that be nice? For there to be no more need. And so it begins by the first tenth going to God. Notice he says bring the tithe. He doesn't say give it because giving implies it's yours. Bring it means bring, God's saying bring me what's mine. The first 10% is mine, and then after that, the other 9% is yours to live on. But God will bless the other 90% when you give the first 10%. There was a little boy, uh, he was about 10 years old, and he was, uh, he was at the, the beach, and he, he just walked up to this stranger, he didn't know her, this lady was sunbathing, and he says, excuse me, ma'am, do you believe in God? And she's like, oh, well, uh, yes, I do. And he says, okay, uh, do you go to church every Sunday? <laughs> she's a little taken back by these questions. She's like sitting up in her, in her chair, and she says, uh, yeah, I do. I go to church every Sunday. And she says, well, do you, do you pray and do you read the Bible? She's like, yes, I do that. And now she's starting to wonder, like, why is he asking these questions, right? She's like, yes, I believe in God. I go to church every Sunday, and I pray and I read the Bible. He goes, okay, good. Can you hold my quarter while I go swim? It's a smart kid, right? He's like, I want to make sure I know who I'm my quarter to. Let me ask you something. Can God trust you with his quarter? Can he trust you? Because if, if he can trust you with his quarter, he'll give you second quarter. If he can trust you with two quarters, he'll give you third quarter. Now we're really starting to add up here, right? 
If he can trust you with three quarters, he can trust you with a dollar. But if he can't trust you with a dollar, why would he trust you with $100,000? If he can't trust you with $100,000, why would he trust you with $200,000? So are we being trustworthy with what God has already given us? So I want to challenge you to bring the full tithe to God. It's crazy. You may think, oh, that's so crazy. There's no way I could do it. Everyone I know who first started tithing thought that until they did it and realized God makes a way. God opens the door. He does that. And if God doesn't open the door for you, that means he's a liar. And we know God's not a liar. The pressure's not on you if you tithe. You say, oh, the pressure's on me to make it work. No, the pressure's on God to make it work. Because he says, if you will bring the tithe, I will open my storehouse of blessing to you. He says, I will pour a blessing upon you. He says, he basically, he's promising you this. He will take care of you if you will trust him with your resources. Look at Deuteronomy 28, verse 20, uh, verses 8. It says this, The Lord shall command the blessing upon you in your storehouse and in all that you undertake, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. So God wants us to do what? He wants to first trust the first 10% of all we have to God's storehouse. That's his church, so we can do his work. And then open your own storehouse with a second 10%. So then you begin to save also. How can God bless a savings account you never opened? How can God bless a mutual fund you never started investing in? How can God bless, bless a real estate investment you never made? So the first 10% goes to God. The second 10% goes to your future. And watch God do great things through this. Ecclesiastes 11.2, this is what you get to do if you do this. Invest in seven ventures, yes, eight you do not know what disaster may come upon the land. And so what God is saying is if you'll, if you'll invest in my house, God says, then I'll invest in your house. And I'll begin to bless what you're saving. And so I want to challenge you, this 10-10-80 principle really works. Now, again, some people are like, that's crazy. There's just no way. I love the way Dave Ramsey puts it. He says this, live like no one else so that one day you can live like no one else. Isn't that great? You see, my friends, my family, they're not doing this. Right. Then your friends and family are going to be broke in 20 years. But if you want to be different than where they are, then do something different than what they're doing. It's not complicated. You don't get new results until you do something different. And when it comes to savings and when it comes to giving and saving, God does not bless good intentions. He blesses obedience. You actually doing it, and then God will begin to bless it. And listen. You say, this guy's putting the pressure on me. I don't want to have to do this. Oh, you don't have to do it. I just want to say, you do not have to do this. You are free to make any decision you want. You're just not free of the consequences of those decisions. So you don't have to do it. It's okay. You can keep living like you are. That's fine. But I just have one question for you. How's that working for you? Just, just ask yourself, how's it working financially for me doing it my way? And if you're not happy with those results, then maybe it's time to do things a little bit differently. 10, 10, 80 really works. I've seen this in my own life. I saw it in my parents' lives. I'm telling you, this will change your life. It really will. So I want to encourage you to do that. And again, some people say, I could never afford to do that. But you can afford five streaming services. Somehow you afford a Starbucks every other day or every day. That's like six, eight bucks a day. That is some very expensive liquid. <laughs> it's cheaper to buy a small cup of oil than that. That is expensive. 
right? And so it's amazing what we, what we can't afford. You say, I, I can't afford to save and tie. There's no way. But, but you can afford to eat out four times a week. So we, we can do this. Oh, I can't afford anything. But you got J's on your feet. It's just funny where we put our priority. So I want to challenge you to begin to think differently and watch God do something great if you'll begin to take these steps of faith and begin to work toward Maybe for you, you got to start off with a tie, 10%, and maybe savings is 2%. You can do that, but you're not really going to be happy in four or five months when you look and you're like, that's really small still. Well, that's because you, you chose invest small. But if you find a way to do it, if you get creative, you have to look at your whole budget and say, where, we, where can we cut spending? Where can we do things differently? You begin to do that, you'll find that you can save more than you think. You can give the full tide and save. It is very doable. My wife and I did it. Our first year's income was $8,000 for the year. And we figured out how to do this. I was tithing. I could not do the second 10% yet. Then we moved to $12,000 a year. I thought I was rich. I was like, we can go to Walmart. We thought we were so wealthy. It's incredible, right? And then my wife got her, our first teaching position. I think she made $25,000 a year, which we thought was great money. We thought, oh, we'll never need anything else. Isn't it funny how that works? I just want to encourage you, you can do this. Many people say, well, I mean, I would tithe if I just made more money. But remember five years ago when you dreamed about what you're making today? Did it change your life? Did the increase change your life? You just ramped up your spending. And so it's really not about what you earn. It's about what you do with what you earn. That's really what it's about. I'm telling you, it's the truth. Now, I need to tell you something that's going to hurt a little bit. There are people that make a lot less money than you do that have more money than you do. Because it's what they do with their money. It's not how much they earn. Yes, a strong income certainly helps. But I want to encourage you, it's not necessary to build wealth. Discipline is necessary to build wealth. Ask God to bless you. Give the first 10% to him so he can bless you. And then after that, save the next 10% and live off of 80%. Now, this is huge. This next one can change your life. In fact, I'm about to help you find 10% right now to be able to do this. Here it is. Proverbs 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Haste. What's haste? It means just buy anything you see when you see it. Haste is just quick purchases. Ooh, that looks cool. I want to buy that. Oh, see that Amazon? Click. Isn't that They Just click to buy. It's so fast now. <laughs> They've made it so convenient to take my money. Just one click. Right? So it's easy to rack stuff up quick, isn't it? It's so simple now. Proverbs 22, 7 says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Number three, guard yourselves from consumer debt. This is such a trap. And so when you get a credit card and you go crazy with that credit card, it is a trap. You'll be stuck. Listen, it's real simple. You, I can tell you right now whether you're trapped or not. It's real simple. Can you pay the credit card off every month? If not, you're trapped. So if you can't pay your credit card off every month, you shouldn't have a credit card. And so I know they're convenient. I know you can get points, all that kind of stuff. But what do points matter if you're paying 25% over on everything because you're not paying the payment off? So I want to challenge you to think differently. Now listen, God is not against you having stuff. God's against stuff having you. And the only way to break this is to slow down on your purchases. You have to learn the ability to look at something you like and go, that looks really cool. And maybe one day I'll get that. But not today. And just wait. By the way, normally whatever you're waiting on, if you just wait a few months, there'll be something cooler coming out. You're like, oh, I like that better. 
Keep waiting. Oh, I like that even better. Like it's just, there's always something new being made, right? So I want to encourage you, just don't, listen, you have to learn the ability to look at a nice car without having to own that nice car. The ability to look at that nice blouse, ladies, you don't have to own every nice blouse you see. You know, men, you don't have to have 25 pairs of shoes. I want to encourage you, you, you can make choices, say, that looks great, but I need to wait. If I'll wait on these purchases and, and, and give to God and save first, then one day you'll be able to give more than you ever dreamed, and you'll be able to purchase more than you ever dreamed. And so it's worth the wait. Guard yourself from consumer debt. Did you realize that the average American, I just looked this up, the average American pays 11 to 12% of their income annually to MasterCard or Visa? You're already tithing. You're tithing right now. You're just tithing to the wrong entity. There are companies that are getting rich functioning off of your dysfunction. So we have to make a shift here. If credit cards are that much of a problem for you, just cut them all off you. I can't live without a credit card. Hear yourself. Do you hear what you just said? I can't live without a credit card? No, you can't live without God, without his principles, without his blessing. That's what you can't live without. So listen, put the cards away. If you've got five, cut it down to three. got three, cut it down to one. And if, if the one's a problem, leave it at home. Put a $100 bill in your wallet and operate off of that until it's gone. I just want to encourage you to begin to think differently and your life will change drastically in a good way if you will learn to cut up those cards. Guard yourself from consumer debt. If I'm ever standing in line and I see you in front of me and they offer you that credit card, oh, right now it's 10% off. You want the credit card? I will jump in front of you right there. <laughs> like, don't you dare. Well, that was so weird. I just think I just saw Pastor Bill beating up on a church member. What happened? <laughs> That is a loving beatdown because that is a disaster. Don't do it. I mean, you ever wondered why your credit score drops every time you open a credit card? Because they know how foolish it is. They know you're a bad investment if you're falling for consumer debt. Please do not do that. And if I see you going into one of these pay-as-you-go furniture places, I will jump in front of you. I'm telling don't you dare. Guys, I love you enough to tell you that people are getting rich off of you. Don't do that. Get the interest working for you, not against you. So I want to challenge you with this notion to think differently about this and say, okay, we need to get this under wraps. And by the way, if you're dating someone, you should know their financial position. And the reason why is not because of what they have. You need to find out what they're doing. And so this is, this is a huge deal. And so I, I want to challenge you that if you're, if you're dating someone, if they can't handle their own finances, how are they ever going to take care of you? You got to think about these things. It really does matter. And so I'm not just saying someone has to be rich to date. I'm not suggesting that. Again, it doesn't matter your income. What are you doing with your income? It, it's a game changer. I told my daughter, you can date anyone. You, you marry any doctor you want. That's fine. I mean, I'm not picky. <laughs> just kidding. Anyways, but it's not about that. It's about do they have ambition? Are they going somewhere? Do they have a plan in their life? And are they disciplined with what they already have? So this is such a big deal. I want to encourage you. And if, and if, the, if the, you feel a little exposed during this message, let God change you. Just say, like, hey, God, I, I need to admit, I, I need to make some changes in this area and begin to work in, that right, in the right direction. And God will do great things through you. Now, if you do the first three principles that the Bible teaches here, then you get to the fourth. You're not doing the first three, the fourth will never happen. But this is where it gets fun. This is where we get to enter a new area where you're no longer, you know, have more month left than money. 
which can happen. It happens to me too. I get tight. But here's the thing. When I get tight, it's after I've already tithed and saved. Make sense? And so if you begin, if you follow these principles for any time at all, every year you have more money. Every year. So every year is your best year financially. Eventually, you have some money built up that you can do something with. I have couples that come to me and say, hey, Pastor, we need to talk. I'm like, yeah, what's up? In the atrium, they'll stop me and go, hey, we don't know what to do. We've got $30,000 saved up. We're not sure what to do with it. I'm like, what a wonderful problem to have. I'm so happy for the problem you're facing. They're like, what's the best use? What's the best investment? I love that question. It's such a better question than I have $30,000 in credit card debt. What do I do? I'm like, well, first of all, give me your wallet. Let me yank those cards out right now. Let's start with that. Some of you, if you lost your wallet, you'd be better off financially. Because at least the thief can't up your limit. So it's a big deal that we learn to control it. Okay, so let's move into the advanced section of today's message. You guys ready? You want to be blessed, right? I mean, you want, you want God to expand your impact, right? Here it is. Ephesians 5.15 says this, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. We just talked about that, like the foolish spends everything they get. But live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Even in evil days, even in days that seem like everything's going wrong financially, God says, God's telling you there's still opportunity. One of my closest friends in the church, he's also my financial mentor. He has a saying. He says, the deal of a lifetime comes around about once a week. It's not getting a good deal. Well, if I could just find a good deal. If you found a good deal, do you have any money to do anything about it? It doesn't matter how good the deal is if you're broke. You have to have something to invest. So start with that. Now, I want to show you there's a woman in the Bible in Proverbs 31. We call her the Proverbs 31 woman. This girl had it going on. She was a great mom. She was a great wife. She was super productive. But this girl was a girl boss because of what she does next. Look at Proverbs 31, 16. We can all learn from her. She goes out to inspect a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. What do you do with your earnings? Do you plant a vineyard with your earnings? Or with your earnings, do you buy a bigger flat screen? With your earnings, do you just go to the mall and buy more stuff? With your earnings, you just eat out more. What are you doing with your earnings? Because with her earnings, she bought something that would make her more money. So she bought an asset. She bought a field so she could plant a crop on it and get a harvest. And so she bought things that made money rather than things that cost money. It's really smart. And so she teaches us this simple principle. Let me show you a principle another way. In Genesis chapter 2, this is the Garden of Eden, which was plush and beautiful and perfect in every way. And so God put Adam and Eve in this perfect environment. There was all this lush vegetables and fruit they could eat from. And so this is what it says about that Garden of Eden. A river flowed through Eden and watered the garden. From there, the river branched out to become four rivers. The first river was named Pishon, flows around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is excellent. Bedellum and Onyx are also found there. The second river named Gihon or Gihon flows around the whole land of Cush. The third river named Tigris flows around, flows out of Assyria toward the east. The fourth river is Euphrates. The Lord God put the man in the Garden of Eden to care for it and work it. Scripture goes on, but let me just say this. Do you want a plush garden life? Then take your one stream and turn it into four. That is how you create a plush life. People that are wealthy do something that you and I typically don't do. They create multiple streams of income, 
Listen, listen, this is very important because some people, oh, I get it. I need to go get a second job. No, that's not what I'm saying. Then you just become double the slave you are today. That is not what I'm suggesting. You get four streams of income, but the other three are passive income. In other words, you're making money while you're sleeping, while you're out with your friends, while you're hanging out with your kids. You're just making money without having to be there. Does that make sense? It's passive income. Passive means that you're passive in it. You just you bought something that's making money. And so that's all I encourage you to learn to do. What does this mean? Number four, quit working hard for money. Get your money working hard for you. Quit working hard for money. Get your money working hard for you. This is the game-changing move. But let me just say this right now. This may sound crazy. Like, okay, this is just, whoa, 10% to God. That's crazy enough. Then 10% to myself after that. And then, I mean, live on it. That's crazy. Guys, I need to let you in on something. Greatness never comes at a discount. It doesn't. There is a price to be paid for this. But the price pales in comparison to the opportunity cost of not doing it. So if you want your life to change, then you got to change. If you'll put these principles in place, it changes everything. There was a mother appealing to her kids one time. She said, you know what? She got her kids together. She said, hey, you know what? There's orphans in the world. You know an orphan is? They're like, no, what's an orphan? She says, an orphan is someone who doesn't have her mommy or daddy. They don't have aunts and uncles. So what do you want to do for the orphans? They got together and they were like, mom, we talked about it. We should give them Aunt Martha. That's what we think we should do. She's like, no, no, that's not what. Isn't it funny how we're always willing to do something that doesn't cost us anything? I want to challenge you as I've been talking about this, that I'm not asking you to take the Bible just and use it to become rich. That's not what we're suggesting. In fact, I want to show you scripture, whether you are rich or poor, that is in the Bible. Look at this. It says in Matthew chapter 6, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Guys, what I'm trying to tell you is this. Please don't use the scriptures just to get more selfish. Oh, I can make more money, and then I can be more about myself. No, God doesn't bless that. What I want to encourage you to do is recognize that if you will apply these principles, you'll be able to make sure that God's work continues, and that your impact grows with what you can do for the Lord, and at the same time, your impact on your family grows. You can make sure all your kids get the schooling that they need. You can help your kids get launched in the right direction. One day, you'll be able to leave an inheritance to your children and even your children's children. And see, I want to remind you of what we do here at Church Unlimited. This is not about some get-rich-quick scheme. This is about actually build wealth slowly while making a bigger impact. In fact, let me just show you some pictures of what we get to do every single week here at Church Unlimited. We get to bless people's lives. Because there are people who have been doing 10, 10, 80 for a long time, we get to join forces with them as a church and all bring our tithe. And on the other side of our tithing, our lives being changed through the West Side ministry or through the orphanage in Haiti, the multiple orphanages that we support, or maybe the work we're doing in Guatemala the work we've done in Honduras, or how about the work we're doing in Pakistan right now? The church plants that we started in Nepal, the water wells that we put in. Those are just a few of the things we do every single week around here. Not once or twice, we do it every day. And because people live disciplined lives and give to God first, and then they also save another 10%, 
Then guess what that savings gets turned into? It gets turned into investments, multiple streams, which means you can do what? You can give more. And then you can do what? You can save more. And then it continues to grow until you can give more and save more. I have a good friend in this church. His name's Rick. Rick came to me one day. He said, Pastor, I want to thank you for teaching these principles. He's been a part of our church for 15 years. And he told me, he said, I've been applying these principles when I first learned them. He goes, today I tithe what I used to earn annually. Praise God. And he's living all right. He's doing just fine. He's blessing his family. His kids are going to think it's normal to have investments. They're just going to think that doesn't every family do that? That's their new normal. How many of us grew up thinking normal was broke? Normal was not having enough. But you can change that by saying, God, I want to be a good steward. I want to be a good, I want to be trustworthy with the nickel you give me with the quarter you give me so that you can give me two quarters. And I'll be faithful those two quarters, you can give me three. I'll be faithful those three quarters, you can give me four. I wanna do your work, God. I wanna make an impact, I want to make a difference. Not only in your kingdom, but also in the next generation of my own family. You can change it all by changing your mentality today. But you can't serve two masters. Which one's in charge? Money, your wants, your desires, materialism? or God. Again, have all the stuff you want. Just don't let the stuff have you. That's all we're saying. Would you take a moment to bow your heads with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed, and we just take this time to say, God, we want to have the best year financially we've ever had. Maybe for you today, the prayer is something like this. God, forgive me. I have not even looked at where my money's going. Maybe honestly, if I said, hey, just write out where your money's going. If you would have to do a lot of research on that, that means you don't already know. You haven't made a pre-plan. Maybe it's time to stop and say, okay, God, I've been trusting in MasterCard and Visa to make up the difference when I overspend rather than trusting in you and becoming more disciplined. Maybe your prayer today is to say, God, forgive me for racking up the credit cards. It's time to take care of that. time to wipe that out. I want to encourage you to do that. In fact, you know, one of the things we're implementing this year in all of our life groups is we're going to have at least three to four weeks where every life group goes through Dave Ramsey's simple principles of getting out of debt. You can change your life. I want to encourage you to be a part of that. You can be financially free. You really can. Live like no other today. So the one day you can live like no other. Maybe your prayers just say, Pastor, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't fully tithed. I've given to God, but I haven't fully invested the 10% of all that God's blessing with. I haven't fully given that back. Maybe that's your prayer. They say, God, show me how to do this. Help me to do it by faith. And then, Lord, I'm asking you to provide so that I can live on the other 90%. Maybe for you, you're doing the tithe thing. It's time to say, okay, God, I want to do the 10, 10, 80. It's time to begin to implement this. Watch how fast God turns your financial situation around if you begin to apply this principle. Don't knock it if you've never tried it. Try it by faith. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, the Bible says you can't serve two masters. What master are you serving? Have you given your life to Christ? Have you made him your master? You can pray, receive Christ right now, but praying a very simple prayer. Just pray this prayer with us. We can say this out loud together across all of our campuses, those watching online. Say this with us. Just say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin, and I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart, be my Lord, and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you just gave your life to Christ, no one's looking around, 
Would you just lift your hand high right now if you just gave your life to Christ? Just hold your hand high. Thank you. Their hand's going up all across the broadcast campus. Thank you. Thank you. Hold them high. Hold them high. Keep them up. Thank you. Thank you, Rodfield. Hold those hands high. Thank you, Stone Oak. Praise God. Hold your hand high. Hold your hand high. Those at Portland, you just gave your life to Christ. Rockport Fulton, hold your hand high. Those who just gave your life to Christ at Padre Island, hold your hand high. If you're online with us right now, you just gave your life to Christ, text us in the text chat. Just text my hands raised or click hand raised right now. We praise God for you for the decision you made to give your life to Christ. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Thank you, God, that you want to bless us spiritually, relationally, and financially. Thank you, God, that you take care of us. I pray, God, that you would have your way in our finances. And really what we're saying, God, is have your way in our lives. Our lives are surrendered fully to you. Thank you, God, that you are a provider, God. In your name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Did God good? His word is so true.